welcome back to the Timekeepers. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. I'm Tim from Watchword, and we've got Zach from Source Watches. Please do follow us on Instagram after the episode. So, wrist check, Zach. What have you got on your uh, wrist at the moment? Well, today, today, Tim, I have on my Cartel watch that somewhat emulates a popular Cartier watch, Cartier Santos Dumont. It's a watch that looks awesome, but also carries a lot of sentimental value as it was gifted to me for my 27th birthday by my girlfriend. I had quite a unique time collecting the watch as we were actually given the opportunity to pick the watch head out and with a strap also, a strap of our choice. I went for a tartan strap as I thought it represented the brand's Scottish heritage well. Um, Have you been looking into any independent brands, Tim? Now that watch sounds really cool. I saw it in person uh, a few weeks ago, didn't I? And it's great that you get to like see the watch come together when you're there. Um, independent uh, brands, not as much as I should be, um, but I did have a short infatuation with with a Farrier. It was a, a California dial in dark green. I think it's called a, a Kaylee. I'm also quite taken um, with uh, the Baltics range more broadly. You know, they look great quality for the price point. And I think, in particular, I think it was the 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 Aquascape Diver again really cool dials um as for my wrist check um i've got my favorite watch in my collection on at the moment it's the oris big crown pointer date uh, in bronze you know with the green dial i love absolutely everything about it the dial color the cathedral hands the coinage bezel you know, the, the the red point uh date tip the crown the case back i could go on and on and on um, i actually took it to a uh, new york uh city a few months ago and then love taking wrist shots and reels against the new york skyline it's just, it's just so photogenic um, I also love the, the light blue one they've got, the Volante. Um, but I mean, you can't buy two of the same watch. That's sort of crazy talk, isn't it? Um, but why don't we move on to the uh, watches we're all pining after at the moment? Um, why don't you, Zach, uh, talk about the watch that, that you're liking? I think it's also your your favourite Insta of the week as well. So over to you. Exactly. Well, the watch I'm pining for, um, I mean, I'll go on to share more about the Insta shot in particular. But the watch I'm pining for is a 2012 Vacheron Constantine. Um, Le Historique, um, reference 82035-00R. Um, a beautiful watch, um, really, really unique um, in terms of its design, case shape. Um, I love the materials used, um, like a perfect dress watch, in my opinion. Um, how about you? What have you been lusting over time? What have I been lusting after? Um, I think for me, against my better judgment, uh, it, it, was, it was a vintage Rolex. It's an oyster bubble back. Uh, and for those that like references, uh, 6085. Um, and it's from the year uh, 1953. I uh, saw one almost a year ago um, uh, on Man About Time. Uh, you know, he's a great chap. He sources some great watches and actually really good price points. Um, you know, it's a stunning piece, all elegance, uh, bimetal, coinage bezel, patina, which bordered on the salmon, had blue steel uh, secondhand. It was symmetrical, so there was no date. Um, insanely good price for what it represented. Um, that itch sort of went away. Um, but from a bolt from blue uh, a few weeks ago, I found a similar a similar watch. It was reference uh, 6305. Uh, but this time it was with a roulette uh, date just from the 1950s. Um, you know, I've always uh, only really liked symmetry in my watches, but I've started to become quite intrigued with um, roulette date windows. And, I, you know, obviously I sent you a photo sort of straight away. I just absolutely loved that uh, watch. What do you think about vintage Rolexes and, and date windows in particular? Well, I think they're, they're really awesome. And um, I think there's def- definitely different types um, of date windows, but those are the vintage on the vintage bowlback. Um, or they bring it up to the newer Rolex subs. I really feel like they offer they offer a bit of a difference um, with these kind of watches. Um, so yeah, 
I would say the vintage Rolex pullback date windows are more of a favorite of mine. favorites of insta shots of the week so you're talking about the the vacheron that you liked so throwing it over to you yeah to give a shout out oh yeah cheers um whilst scrolling through my explore page i came across um top tant which is um top ten paris which is t-o-k-t-n-t-a-n-t-p-a-r-s on instagram they had a post of a 2012 vacheron constantine Le- Le- um like i mentioned previously the reference 820 dash zero zero r um i think it's a real unique watch with a crown position in the top right corner of the case um it also features a stunning tilted gold dial and a sub dial the watch is enclosed by a square rose gold case which is super retro and classy um we don't kind of see these kind of cases in modern day um the perfect watch for formal dinner has any vacheron caught your item there is actually one that I've really liked for a long time, uh, and it's the Asymmetric uh, from what, name 1972. It's a little bit crazy, like some of the Cartiers that you see, um, but it's got such a unique case shape. Um, I just, it's just super cool, and I love it. Um, whether I'll ever get one, who knows? But uh, it's just, it's just beautiful watch. Definitely caught my eye. Um, talking about sort of my Insta shots, I've gone with two. Uh, maybe a bit cheeky, but it's sometimes so hard to pick one. Um, and it's actually from uh, Tahoma Watches. So shout out, shout out to them. Um, he kept us all guessing, actually, which I quite liked over the day um, of, of naming um, naming that watch. He was doing it with with um, sort of macro shots, um, and it was with a, a green bloodstone dial. Uh, and I thought the hands screamed uh, um while the case shape was more of a, more of a nod to the sort of Cartier tank territory. Um, but I was wrong. It was a quorum. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It's well worth a look on Instagram. Um, perhaps we should do a future episode on, on stone dials. And also the Hadinki magazine uh, this month, they did a piece on on stone dials. And I found that really interesting. Um, and I've not come across that type of dial before in any detail. Um, but no, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the other one I want to give a shout out to um, is, is someone you know that's well known in, in, in the Instagram community. And that's Avocado Vintage Watches. Um, so in his little introduction, and he was selling a, a Cartier must, um, but the dial was like a, a lapis blue, um, but it was actually purple. Um, again, unique. Um, it stood out from the InstaFeed crowd. Um, you know, I've got a Cartier must with a elongated um, sort of Roman numerals set out on the radial dial from the 1990s. But this color combo of purple and gold was just out of this world classy. I mean, did you like it when I shared it with you? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a phenomenal watch. Um, I've always been a fan of lapis dials. And one in purple is, is um, extra um, amazing. I've actually had a few must days myself, uh, one or two, which I've had and sold. And I've always been a pleasure to own and to wear, actually. No, nice. Let's do an episode at some point on uh, on stained dials then, because it sounds really cool. <laughs> switch to um favorite watch case shapes and i mean where to begin with it um 
you know, we wanted this podcast to be short, but I think I could speak for over an hour about it. Um, but I think it really helps to start the conversation just Googling the definition um, of a watch case. Um, and it literally says the watch case is the main component of a timepiece that serves to house the dial, movement, bezel, crown and lugs. Watch cases come in all shapes of sizes uh, and metals. And without it, there is simply no watch. I think that's that's the killer line there. There is simply no watch without the case. Um, so my knee-jerk reaction, I suppose, is to pick circular, um, you know, traditional. If you ask my four-year-old to uh, to draw a watch, they're going to put a circle on it, aren't they? Um, but then, you know, the likes of Cartier walk in. Um, but I'll keep my comments brief because we're going to do a Cartier episode. Um, but bloody hell, they know a thing or two about aesthetics. Uh, and again, let's get back to definitions. You know, aesthetics is literally the principles of beauty and they're, they're just so good. I mean, tank, there's various rectangular forms. You've got the, the square Santos Dumont. You've got the offset um, asymmetric, uh, which I think is a near-perfect watch. You've got the flip nature uh, of the basculon. Uh, and my personal favourite is actually the square-shaped uh, cincture uh, from the 1970s, uh, one with the clipped 45-degree corners. Um, you know, it's literally a belt in, in French. Um, they just do so many great cases. But I've talked far too much, Zach. It's gone on for a minute now. And let me hand the reins over to you. You know, what do you make of all of that? What do you like? Um, you know, mention the reverse, though, of course, but keep something back for the for the JJ section later on. Over to you. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely agree with what you mentioned. Um, I do love the varieties of case shapes coming from Cartier, like you mentioned, the basculent, um, asymmetric, uh, the Centure, and saw some amazing models actually recently um, at a watch show. Um, at the London Hotel, um, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite kind of case shape, um, I'd say, would be uh, the Tag Heuer Monaco, as it offers something slightly different, a slightly larger case, and um, a watch probably worn by someone with a larger wrist than mine, but a very cool piece nonetheless. Um, how about you, Tim? What's your thoughts on the Monaco? Yeah, we, we went to a, a Watch Collector Club event, didn't we, uh, at Tag Heuer? Uh, and I've got to admit, I'm not a big Tag fan, despite loving Formula One, but I've always been intrigued in the brand because of that, um, you know, like the 1990s and noughties. But I was instantly drawn to the Monaco skeleton that got released last year. Um, I mean, it looks like a giant spider. It's, it's super cool. Uh, and then they've got these like Miami colors, like in green and blues. Uh, and I love that they've got like the square sort of sub dials with the red hands. Um, I think the only issue is the price is absolutely crazy for a watch like that. Um, but yeah, what about you? I think we're going to talk about the, the Royal Oak next, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, I also love AP Royal Oaks, um, the Tono Optican K-shape, um, a shape most known um, designed to emulate the mar- maritime and portholes on the Ravy- on the Royal Navy warships. Um, a truly revolutionary design from Gerald Gento, I'd say. Um, a, superb, a superb piece of innovation. Um, if only they didn't cost an arm and a leg, though. Um, what's your thoughts on the AP or low Tim? Yeah, definitely. They've just gone up in value nearly three, four times. It's crazy. If you, if you bought it 10 years ago, you'd be quids in. But, uh, but there we go. I mean, actually did an episode for, for Watchword uh, with a good friend, and he had a bimetal version. Um, I mean, again, being honest, I wasn't really into them um, sort of at first. But then as I picked it up and got time to play with it when we were you know, doing the interview and you know, doing the B-roll and taking the stills, I just noticed all the small details, which makes the watch absolutely great. Um, little things like the rivets, um, just they're just cool. You know, I love them. Even the font on the case back, it was very 1970s font, 
but it just it just spoke to that era um and i loved it uh, and also the bracelet i don't even like bracelets for watches and i know that's controversial but the bracelet was just again just so swish i loved it um it was just really really cool <laughs> We're into the final part of the show now, uh, and we talk about uh, a different watch brands that we love. Uh, and this week, uh, we've got Jeje uh, Lecoutre uh, and what we love about them. So I'll just kick off. I mean, it's the design, isn't it? Um, and I mean this as an absolute compliment, but it starts and ends with the Reverso. It's just an utter beauty, an icon. You know, I love Art Deco designs, uh, the vintage ones especially. You know, one day I'd love to own one from from like the 1930s, you know, proper vintage. Um, but the modern twist they put on the watch... Um, you know, it's great as well. Um, the recent dial colours they've done with um, with the blues and the reds and the green. Uh, and you've also got the duo face as well. You know, it's literally like having two watches. Uh, but until recently, perhaps not for the price of one. It's stupidly gone up in price. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, another thing is the heritage. Just look at the books they've got on the brand. Um, you know, definitely coffee table stuff, but it's just brilliant. It's like stepping back into a time capsule of that Art Deco era. Um, you could do a Masters of Art on it. I'm sure someone has, but it's um, absolutely brilliant. Uh, and we tried on quite a few um, uh, Jejez at the, at the again the Watch Collectors Club event uh, back in November at the flagship store. You know which ones did you like, Sam? Well, there were, there were many watches that I did like. Um, there were quite a few pieces that caught my eye. Um, the, the Reverso, as you mentioned, but an iteration this time in burgundy with a steel case coupled with a red lizard strap. Um, extremely stunning watch that caught my eye. Um, also, when it comes to the enameling. Um, the shooting star piece that was shown at the back of the stall um, was really a thing of beauty with the enameled clouds on the sapphire glass. It's just amazing to see the work that goes into these pieces, Tim. Um, the intricate designs and details. I also love the story behind it. Um, how about you, Tim? Yeah, I mean, enameling is... You know altogether a different prospect isn't it um you know when they gave the the little talk for us you know they don't just make watches you know they, they or you know all the mechanics of it you know they make art um you know they use the back of the reverso as a canvas to create masterpieces uh, you know the cost is insane but i mean the skill and the technique to do this is really limited you know to a few number of craftsmen and women and for me it's just simply admiring uh abilities you know very few watchmakers if any could provide that sort of near one kind of art it's just uh it's just fantastic isn't it yeah definitely um tim you have an interesting jlc don't you i do uh not not that well known but it's it's called a uniplan and it's from the 1950s um it's a similar style um to the older reverso dials but obviously you don't flip it over um but what made it stand out were the lugs uh again we'll do an episode on lugs again get, getting very niche but you know, we do love our watches don't we otherwise we wouldn't make this podcast um but it's a shame that sort of modern watchmaking seems to have abandoned the more aesthetic uh creation of, of different lugs i mean we are doing a podcast and it's hard to describe you know uh sort of uh verbally but they're not exactly teardrop but they're shaped in such the curvature of them you know it's just so beautiful and side on they just really captivate the watch is what makes it stand out um again check out my instagram watch word to really appreciate this watch properly um but for me this is so much you know more value in non-reverso pieces for those looking to sort of enter the jeje market and i'd highly recommend sort of digging deeper there um but if we go back to the reverso um the one thing i also love is what i call sort of the back plate of the case um when you start to flip it over um 
He's even got various designs. So in the recent Reverso tributes, um, they've almost got this sort of um, sort of um, sideways sort of sunray shooting out across the watch. Um, again, very Art Deco, um, something from the 1930s, like a skyscraper in New York City, or even like a Bioshock video game. Uh, shout out to those that love their video games too. Um, but I mean, others have almost got this like machine buffed metal effect. Uh, so basically everywhere you look on, you know, the, the reverse or Zegez more broadly, there's just something to admire. Um, it's just perfection, isn't it? Mm, totally agree, Tom. Totally agree. Um, so we discussed a lot. Listeners, tell us what your case, your favourite case is and what you love about them and what you adore about Zegez Le Coutre. We'd really welcome it. This brings us our second episode to a close. I've really enjoyed it. Next episode, we'll go deep into Tudor watches and we've selected the often overlooked watch crowns to chat over. Thank you again for keeping time with us. Follow us on our Insta handles for support at Watchword and Source Watches. Until next time, goodbye. Wonderful. We're done.